0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash
1: Wondery. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwire.
0: I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: This week, we've got a ton of news. So much freaking mm. news, I am. I'm sorry. Weak. You're like dying over there. Yep. <laughs> totally dying over there. We're going to be talking about Sherlyn's uh, iPhone 15 reviews. Also, the Apple Watch Series 9. There was a big Microsoft event that I flew to New York for, and we all covered that together along with Sam Rutherford. And there was an Amazon event.
0: Amazon. Where they dumped yep. a
1: ton of news. So it has been quite a week. We're all just kind of dying over here at Engadget. But uh, you know what? It's It's a good. It makes us feel alive to write about news. We just need time to rest after that.
0: The irony of making us feel alive and also making us dead.
1: <laughs> Make us feel I mean that is that is life. That is life in the news business. But you know what, folks? I also know that's what people love to hear. So as always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes, drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, subscribe anywhere. You get podcasts. You can also leave us an email at podcastandgadget.com. We'd love your commentary, we'd love your questions. So feel free to send us some feedback. Okay. I think everyone, Sherlin, is dying to hear about your final thoughts on the new Apple gear. So I read your iPhone 15 Pro review. And your Apple Watch stuff, um, big final thoughts on everything Apple released so far?
0: I think it's hard to say the word final thoughts Mm -hmm, until mm -hmm. maybe, you know, the next iPhones are out. Um, But I I will say that our review video went up today, Thursday morning. And, you know, as always, I got to say, iPhone review content just brings out the worst types of people to the comment section. I mean, like, most comments on our recent videos are kind of nice, but like, you, you especially because I took the (laughs) time to kind of say like, hey, a lot of these things that Apple is introducing with the iPhone 15 series are more closing the gap with the Android side of things than anything that... Sure. um, Groundbreaking, right? But then apparently i can't say that and then my favorite thing is too in the in the comment section there's people who are like she must be an apple shill she's wearing two apple I, watches I, I do love or this because like,
1: i was watching you at the microsoft event, Trillin, just scrolling through your youtube comments yeah. and i'm saying why why even do you? you could just i know not look at those
0: sometimes there's good comments sometimes and I, there's nice people on there i see you uh, mark though i see you
1: our listeners are yeah. nice and supportive so throw in some comments on Trillin's youtube stuff um,
0: it's, 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 it's the people who are like, you must be an Apple show, But in the meantime, she, I hate this person's reviews. She's always biased towards Samsung it. and Google. And I'm like, ah, yeah. y'all are contradicting There was a other. fun it's conversation
1: great. with somebody who was like, I'm going to stop listening to the Engadget podcast because I, I dislike everything that's not iPhone. That's not quite true. Aww. And I've written a lot of iPhone Aww. critical, Apple critical stuff too. But anyway, 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 back to the devices? final.
0: So there's no. All I'm saying is, there's no final thoughts. I think it's an ongoing conversation as I spend more time with the with the devices. The things that I see in the comments sometimes bring up some good points about things I may have forgotten about or overlooked. I love it. I love the
1: dialogue. Yeah.
0: Yes. So so, but back to the thing, the review. I mean, this year really felt like a proper upgrade year for once. Uh, For for the first time in a long time, I think we haven't seen Apple do anything that feels like wow, I want to I upgrade right now. So the big changes to the iPhone 15 Pro series, especially the Pro Max, um, USB-C, obviously everyone talked about it, but it, it ended up being not as huge of a change as I was hoping it would be. Um, and if you read my review, I think it becomes quite clear why. Um, there's also the action button, uh, which is nifty, but now that I've had like slightly more than a week with it, I realized that I've set it back to the volume slider because that's what I was originally using anyway. I was using the volume Your slider anyway. slider, yeah yeah the, the mute slider and I noticed and someone said in the comments of the hands on video uh, about this and they're correct in that if you change this away from the mute slider option or the mute switch um, and you set it to camera or voice message right you just don't have the mute option anymore it's not as easy right so I, I you mean, can't even kind of just like
1: push the volume all the way down to get effective mute
0: you can but it's just like you know it's not the switch anymore it's not the one tap option it's not the quick gesture anymore another comment that was on a, a I think also the hands on video which is again useful and, and insightful and i agree with is that apple should have put the vo- this button the action button a little further down right a little lower be- below the volume rockers because it's hard to reach especially on the pro max i think if you maybe it is a little too easy to hit if it's too far in the middle right it doesn't help with like people who are just trying to grip the phone and not accidentally press a button But it just, I don't know, the placement could be better. And I think that that's my one gripe with, well, one of two gripes now with action button. Otherwise, though, action button worked, but it's one of those, like, only if you remember to use it type of features. Um, Slightly more useful than the mute slider, I would say, but that's really it in, in daily life. I think I spent the bulk of my review video and my review, probably... Um, at least a testing process. Checking out the cameras, the camera systems on the iPhone 15 Pro Max, specifically because the larger handset actually now has the five times uh, telephoto camera. So it allows you to get closer and get higher quality uh, close ups or zoomed in pictures. Um, and and to be clear, it's not like the 14 Pro Max didn't have a telephoto; it had like a 3x, yeah, right? it a, a 3x, a 3X. Yeah. Which
1: the 15 yeah. Pro, the the smaller one, also has. So yeah,
0: yeah, it has a 2x and 3x as well. So like you're not what you're getting is the bump, right, and a, a more distance, more focal length, or you know, 120 millimeters. So you can get closer and and retain some clarity with that. I think it translates and makes a difference in some of the pictures that you get. I think I I did a head-to-head comparison with the 14 Pro Max and the 15 Pro Max. And yeah, there is significant difference at very up-close levels. But how... like, the the difference at which uh, at of? which
1: zoom or which quality like what do you at do? max right at I'm max. like mm-hmm. doing
0: uh I, I tested it at various levels of zoom because I just knew people were gonna be like you're testing it's not right because right, you didn't right. set it. so I tested them both at the same levels of zoom always and I tested the scenario where I pushed them both to their furthest zooms so on the iPhone 14 Pro Max that's something like 15 times and on the 15 okay. Pro Max that's more like 25 times including digital, digital zoom and
1: all that fun stuff exactly yeah. okay so.
0: So obviously you can get closer with the 15 or the 25 times, but at the same zoom level, 15 times, you'd get clearer on the 15 Pro Max. Again, great. Yeah, it works. Yeah, great. How often are you zooming that close? I don't know if you are.
1: This was the math I was doing mentally. I was like, should I go 15 Pro Max? Because I do want that bigger zoom. But then I realized like I was paying attention to how I use my phone. I use my phone while holding my kids while running yeah. after my kids, while rocking my baby to sleep. And in those scenarios, I would much rather have a much smaller device that I can easily put back yeah. into my pocket rather than the big boy, you know? Yeah, so exactly. I pre the 15 Pro, and I'm happy with it.
0: I will say this. I will say this. I actually, um, during the keynote that we attended today at Microsoft, right, I was taking photos, and Zoom helped, right? Zoom helps in those situations. And sure, it, sure. Zoom comes in handy more often than you know. But... How, i don't how know yeah, are if you, you want to trade situations. off the size yeah yeah exactly well the other thing that makes more of a difference to me in the photography and the imaging systems is the updates to portrait um the portrait depth map and the way you can edit pictures for focus and depth after taking them uh this is another area that got a lot of people talking in the videos so i'm just like all right some people were like i don't use portrait as much as i it use that's like, cool, super cool good
1: for you i've wanted that since portrait yeah. was introduced yeah
0: I love portrait mode. I love portrait photos. And if that's not your use case, fine. I don't, some people only use a camera to take photos of receipts. Don't hate on my review. Just this you're thing like, only affects use.
1: me directly. Therefore, yeah. it is useless.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. but I, I, I suspect, and I might be right here or I might be wrong, that people enjoy taking portrait photos of their friends, their loved mm-hmm. ones, their mm-hmm. pets. And in pictures where the iPhone detects person dog or cat, specifically uh-huh. these three things, a face, a dog or a cat, um, your photos, whether they're in portrait mode or live or not, will have the ability for you to edit the depth effect after. I love it. Love and it. it's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry to ama um, uh, y'all, but like, it's awesome. I, and this works on the front camera as well. I've taken some selfies and I've edited it after the fact mm-hmm. to have this like light, light blur in the background and it just adds that sort of DSLR effect. It's aesthetic. I like it. If you don't like it, you don't do it. That's it. It stays out of your way.
1: It's not even worth responding to those folks because like, okay, when you live long enough and you have other scenarios where you're taking photos in different ways, um, taking photos of kids and animals, uh, I often switch between I do a normal photo and I do a portrait photo because I don't want to be left in a situation where I'm stuck with the focus of just the portrait. Like I want to be able to like have something more basic. So now you don't have to make that compromise. Yeah. You could just like kind of keep it going. That's cool exactly
0: that works to a point because I think you I mean Apple first needs to detect a face or you know again a coward dog in the frame um, and it didn't always do that right I think sometimes and people you know you you've experienced the iPhone camera before you probably know how you know hit or miss this can be with a series of selfies I took for example I took three selfies in quick succession because I always do that. Um, two of them didn't get identified as having faces in them, and the third one did. So only on that one was I able to then tweak the background blur. So be, just be aware. I mean, like you, you, you need to like look out for this L- F symbol on the bottom left that pops up when Apple sees a face um, to know that the picture you're taking will have that depth information captured so you can edit it after um, in photos. That's
1: super cool. Um, uh, one, one thing I want to be- ask, Sherlyn, like now that you're doing so much camera testing with the Pro Max, does it feel lighter that didn't last year's, thanks to the titanium frame.
0: Oh, yeah, so much. I mean, that's another thing I really like about the 15 Pro Max. Um, yes, it is easier. And the action button obviously also came in handy when I wanted to, like, you know, whip out the camera quickly without having to, like, futz with that, like, bottom screen icon, right? Um, but one more note on the camera um, before we move on to, like, overall build and the titanium thing. The portrait mode also was supposed to get, like, new depth map um, algorithm, right? and it still sucks like it just it's divinja do you have this issue where like when you have to take a portrait mode photo on the iphone where like it's always like move back move further yeah, yeah, away yeah, yeah, move yeah. play subject within eight feet so there's this very narrow range of distance where you have to be before the iphone camera will be able to like yeah this is portrait friendly i will tell you that as someone who made pixel up until maybe two years ago that like you don't have to do that on the Android side of things. With portrait mode pictures on Pixel phones or even Samsung phones, there's not as much futzing around. Some with the Samsung, yes, but with Pixel is basically point and shoot. You basically just hold your phone up, shoot portrait mode, and you'll get like some kind of nice blur after. Um, and it's also usually quite pleasant. Um, so I don't really enjoy that there's still that finickiness. And also if you go over to my review, whether it's the written or the video, you'll see an example of this picture of like ice cream with sprinkles on it, where the portrait or the blurred effect is like all over the place. It's just all over. Yeah. It happens a lot with animal hair and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. But this is like drastically noticeably bad, like where some parts of the sprinkles are clear and some parts of it are not. It's just, and they're all in the same like plane. They're not even on like, some are background, some are foreground, it's just the same level. I just found it highly hilarious. So you
1: you still feel like the portrait stuff is a little behind Android? Yeah,
0: portrait stuff, Google still wins. Uh, Samsung actually is surprisingly good on that. Uh, Night Sight, uh, Google's Night Sight is still, I think, a little bit better. Although I do notice that like, iPhone can be a bit sharper, um, but it's a bit more susceptible to blowout. Samsung doesn't doesn't measure up with either Pixel or Apple on this front. I mean, it's it's close. It's just not as. Good. I mean,
1: I've, I've, um, Samsung told me I can get clear pictures of the moon with their cameras. So <laughs> is that? Yeah, is that, yeah that's a whole them. that's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah,
0: if you, I don't know, don't. I don't take pictures of the moon. It's really your call. It's a a
1: whole thing where uh, we talked about this before, Was where it seemed like Samsung was just pulling uh, renders of like what the moon Mm -hmm. should look like and just pacing on top of pictures. And, you know, it's a whole thing. um, Hopefully that'll get further investigated at some point. I want to know, though, Sherlyn, like you've been living with the Pro Max as a, you know, as the main phone you've been playing with for a while. How does that weight feel? Because I'm hearing perception-wise, to some people, it feels more than just a 10% weight reduction. It feels because the balance is different, because the frame is smaller. It actually does feel meaningfully lighter.
0: Yep, 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 yep. I mean, I mentioned this already in the hands-on, and I think I I was on our podcast talking about this last week and on other people's podcasts. It's just such a huge change, like to the point where like now... I, I've been thinking whether I should switch over to the pro max right as opposed to having just a pro I, I might I might do it just for the five times I think the hands like the size now feels good enough it's light it's okay so on on paper it's weight it's actually lighter than the galaxy s 23 ultra heavier than the pixel 7 pro um but yeah this this camera system I want the five times um it's a lot better and the screen the bezels not being that much smaller but somehow the screen just looks a lot Better, again, because the frame, like you said, is they, they slightly smaller. They shrunk a little bit,
1: which is yeah. interesting. But yeah. at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, so the Pro Max is lighter because of a titanium. But that means the Pro is also even, lighter. even lighter. And also, yeah. like, that to me, that's magic because I miss the days when we had tiny little phones that could do amazing things that didn't feel like yeah. you had, like, a tablet in your pocket, you know? So for, yes. that's why I made that decision. I'm going Pro, 15 Pro.
0: Yeah, I think Pro is a good choice. I think that, like, you know, a lot of things will work better on the Pro in terms of, like, just because it's smaller, you can reach the action button more easily. I think battery life is amazing on the Pro Max, though. How, like, right now, we're seeing, like, I'm seeing close to two days, although obviously, I've not pushed it very hard um our my friend over at wired uh, julian chokatsu also noticed like good screen on time just general good battery performance i have noticed in the comments some people are pointing out like other youtubers are seeing bad battery life and i'm wondering if it's a fluke or if it's like depending on your use obviously with things like battery life it really depends on individual use cases if you're constantly hotspotting, you're constantly like Looking for a signal but not finding it, or doing a lot of gaming with the, um, let's say Resident Evil Evil Village with like hardware <laughs> accelerated ray tracing going, of course it's gonna run like much. That makes sense. You know, shorter I mean, than. Some also, of us.
1: if you live somewhere where your phone is hitting more for reception that's not getting, you know, like exactly. that affects your battery life. If you live in the middle of a deep apartment building or something, so right, you're yeah. constantly
0: using GPS to navigate to places. You know, that's also hitting your battery. So this is the sort of thing that's kind of. I think you can't just compare other people's perspectives against each other. What you need to compare is the same person's perspective to their last year impression. They're more of a like state uh, comparison rather than like a yeah. Anyway, that makes sense. Um, right. That's what I think. Anyway, uh, in lieu of in lieu of actual numbers, right? Because again, battery tests are not perfect. They're very hard to like replicate across a lot of different systems. Um, so there's that. Back to the titanium thing too. One thing I mentioned in my videos that like I was just saying, oh, one more thing that the iPhone did not uh, does that the Android side of things doesn't have yet is titanium, and like all the Android fanboys were like, "How about obscure Android handset number three? It had titanium <laughs> in the frame," and I was like, fuck's sake!
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god!
1: Go touch uh, some brass!" Yeah. You
0: know? Look, Android might have done titanium in in the frame before. It's, it's sure Android is so open that there's any number of handset makers, uh, especially when you consider all the phones we don't get here in the U.S. So, yeah, I, I guess I will eat my hat if you want me to uh but i'm not too upset about the fact that i said that i think though that like this material especially grade five titanium like aerospace grade titanium yeah um
1: the mixture is unique. It's nice. like not everybody does yeah. that type of combination of titanium and other things like it, there, there is something interesting there um we've got a lot of stuff to talk about Chilin. so uh, did we you do. have any time with the plain iphone 15 yet that you want to discuss or should we go straight to apple watch
0: uh, that review is coming out soon. That's not gonna be done by me. Okay. Uh our coworker, uh Billy has his review coming out soon. Oh, nice. I do okay. I do have I did spend some time with it. I, I think the shout-outs are that it has the upgraded camera system over the last model, which is a huge improvement. It has better colors um, than uh,
1: the The Pro colors models. are so nice. Yeah. Oh
0: my god. The color, the way it's infused into the back also is really pretty. I mm-hmm. enjoy it. And uh USB C obviously, dynamic island. Lots to like about the 15. Uh, And and the portrait dev map thing that I mentioned uh, also is coming uh, to the iPhone 15. So those are things to look out for if you're considering upgrading just to the non-pro models. So that review Um, next
1: week at Engadget. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, Apple Watch Series 9, I also really like your take. Uh, What did you call it? Like a freedom from touching the screen?
0: Yeah. Yes. Is that mainly the gesture,
1: the double tap gesture?
0: So, yeah. And to be clear, double tap isn't available at the time of, like, you know sale and it will be released i can't remember the wording was later this year or october because i've been given a lot of different dates for a lot of different things in life um so it's expected to be later this year double tap um our video that i shot yesterday is coming out soon i took a real deep dive look at the differences between double tap and assistive touch just to like there's so many discussions around those two things now um and i've i've most of the time understood how what the differences are but i will say that like the main difference is that apple is now surfacing double tap as a gesture it wants you to learn it wants you to get familiar with this thing and i see that as apple sort of laying the groundwork the foundation for this new gesture based shortcut based sort of world where you don't need to use so much swiping and tapping to interact with screens and we're seeing apple be like we want you to be hands-free, eyes up, you know, and that's at least my, um, guess, uh, fairly educated, I want to say, so it's in addition to, um, the double tap gesture, it's also Siri, right, and the new thing with the Series 9 is on-device Siri processing, there's also been tweaks to raise to speak to Siri, um, which I got, like, sort of like confused in my review the wording was because apple in their like whenever we're talking they're like yeah race to speak is new but actually they mean like tweaked you know it's newly improved and i was like oh is it new i guess and then i like i just ran with it but what happened is race to speak's been around since like at least a series 4 watchOS 5 and uh the algorithm's been improved so actually with the series 9 the s9 sip It has the power efficiency to enable the watch to allow for a two-second audio buffer, so it's actually using the always-on mic to just constantly listen to what you're saying, right? But when it detects that you're sort of lifting your wrist, it starts taking in that two-second thing. So when you do eventually ask Siri for like something, right, it's already heard the early parts of what you said, so it doesn't have to like stop, wait for you to say the Siri. I love it. Yes. Then listen.
1: I wish this was here from the beginning. Yeah.
0: I agree. But what this results in is Siri actually is more responsive. It feels speedier by a lot. It feels like it's actually listening to you. And therefore, it becomes more reliable. You're that's more good. likely to want to
1: use it. I, I think um, that's, but, we've mentioned this before, Sherlyn, but there's something about voice commands where I think we get more frustrated when they aren't heard correctly. Because like, if you're talking to a person and they're not hearing you, it's frustrating. Rather than a computer it where it's just like not, not registering your buttons, you know, so you get angry at it,
0: or like having to repeat yourself. Um, I I I I, <laughs> I don't know if this is the time to say this. I'm dating someone <laughs> who has a very strong accent, Okay. and he <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> he always
0: boy. has to repeat himself because I'm always like what? <laughs> so I'm like Siri, right? I'm yeah, like you are what? like Siri. <laughs> i have not been listening. I need that two second processing. audio
1: buffer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and he he's like, ah, oh, I always had to repeat myself, and I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just it's, to yeah, speak
1: clearer. Yeah. I mean, language. So is this hard. is what Siri's doing. Language it, is hard. It gets you frustrating, know? Yeah.
0: right? But now with Siri on device and Siri be- better race to speak with the two o- second audio buffer, now you don't have to like repeat yourself as much. Hopefully, so that's,
1: that's good. Great. The hardware—it's weird. Series nine doesn't look any different, right? The screen is pretty much the same. It's really all the internal stuff plus the double tap gesture, right? Was there anything else I mean, in the, watch bands? Yeah. The
0: display is different in that it gets brighter now up to 2000 nits and it gets darker, dimmer down to one nit, which is nice um, if you you know thought that the two nit screen from before was too bright. Um and yeah, you mentioned the straps, fine woven. Uh, we've seen the reports that it's easily scuffed. It's And you know, like when you touch it, you can tell. Like you can immediately tell it's one of those uh, cases that's like suede-like, but it's not actually suede, so it actually will scuff up. So I wasn't really surprised to see that. I just hadn't like done that sort of testing or thought to like do it. Um, fine woven as a band material, eh, I mean, it's a little stiff at the start, but I think a lot of bands are like that at the mm-hmm, start. They're a little mm-hmm. stiff You gotta, like, and they work become into more them. pliable with time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do like the theory and the, 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 you know, concept behind something like fine woven in that, you know, a company attempting to be a bit more carbon neutral or a bit more environmentally responsible. It's nice in theory. Again, it's not something that I have the expertise to come in like dig into and be like scientific about I know
1: some people just um, hate it some people hate the feel and that may not be a good thing for I everyone. do
0: yeah I will tell you I have the I think I mentioned it I think maybe you were referring to me I I hate the the lenticular feel to it uh I can't uh so oh yeah so right that, that was me.
1: ammunition to really make you cringe in the future <laughs> so I need to use that Lenticular
0: rats Lenticular yeah.
1: rats that you can just rub oh, and they God. feel weird um anything else yeah. you want to mention about the series 9?
0: I mean, there's UWB2, the the second generation ultra-wideband chip enabling precision finding, uh, a new interface for that.
1: Your watch could help you find your iPhone now, which is, that's good. That's more interesting. right? In a a
0: way that it didn't before, Now, because, you know, I can just imagine the listeners telling us we're wrong. Um, Yes, of course, you could always ping your iPhone on your watch. It's more localized now, yeah. This is more localized, plus it has that on-screen interface where it points you directionally to where your phone is, right? It's counting down how far away you're from your phone. So I, I in my test, I did like a 45 feet away, and it's like, oh, you're 44, 43, 42. And then there's this like sort of semicircle thing that, mm-hmm, you know, points mm-hmm. you in the direction. So great. And this is only enabled by the UWE second-generation chip. So right now, it only works with... The iPhone 15 and 15 Pro series. Wait, it doesn't and work with the Apple other uh, UWB YouTube. chips. No, no AirTags, no like oh uh, AirPods. So right now, this WYD D interface
1: about UWB. Ah, Apple, WYD
0: UWB. Too. This is yeah, that's annoying that's because
1: awesome. I do use the Find My features quite a bit, uh, especially with the new AirPods Pro. The second gen Pros, you can use that to find the case, and I I often leave it in different corners of the house or in a bag or something, and like that is super helpful. Okay, I'm glad to hear the tech works. Yeah. Um, annoyed to yeah. hear that it's not fully backwards compatible. That seems very unhappled. Eventually,
0: future-proof, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, everything eventually is going to be on the new UWB chip. So that that's fun. Okay, well, you know what, Sherlyn? Um, thank you so much for your details and all these things. If anybody wants to learn more, Sherlyn uh, has been furiously writing and shooting videos oh about all these devices and even more this week. So be sure to check in Gatch.com and our YouTube channel for all this fun stuff then let's talk about our Microsoft event uh, that we both went to. I flew in we to New York City for us. this. Um, I usually come in a couple of times a year for like big events and this seemed like it was one of those. But I think what happened is um, wasn't quite a surface event. We were expecting a big surface event and instead Microsoft spent over half an hour talking about AI. They announced uh, they announced copilot and a sort of like umbrella, AI assistant that covers all the other copilots they've previously announced. So that includes things like the Edge copilot, which brings in ChatGPT and the Bing search and stuff. That includes Windows copilot, which they had previously announced and didn't fully like, they never fully launched. They just like previewed that that was coming. There's also a copilot for Microsoft 365 for all the Office apps. There's a copilot for GitHub, which is they launched several years before even the Bing chat stuff was happening. But now Microsoft just announced copilot. That's it. It's cleaner. Seems like that <laughs> they're betting their future on Copilot everywhere, it seems, right?
0: First of all, they've used this word before. They've not only used this word before, there's a product called Copilot they talked branding. about before for I think 365 that's, that's ultimately
1: yeah. it. It's their AI branding.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of annoying because they're like, they also still have Bing AI they're calling it co on edge or something. Uh, uh, Bing have. AI
1: is a portion, isn't a thing that yeah. co-pilot triggers that can be used. Yeah.
0: So a lot of, th- I think you and I were talking after the keynote, after all the announcements, and we were saying like a lot of these things felt like they were sort of trickle announced before. Right? And now it's just Amazon kind of uh, Amazon, Microsoft kind of grouping it all together and packaging it into this one big overarching. Like we, it's reverse
1: right. branding is the thing. Like that's yeah. what it is. Like they announced right. three different features over the past couple of years, and then now it's like no, it's all Copilot. That's it. That's fine. Which I get it from from a marketing perspective. Sure, it makes sense. And also, I talked with uh, one of Microsoft's executives, Aaron Woodman, who I believe heads up Windows right now. And um, you know, I've talked to him before. I talked to him since like the Cortana days. He helped launch that back on on Windows too. Yeah and they're really positioning the AI stuff as like a helper. And when we talked about this, I think earlier this year, like right after you're being uh chat stuff, Sherlyn, co-pilot is a key term because it's not like it's not like AI does everything. It's not like uh, full self-driving. It is co-pilot. You are the pilot. Right. The AI is right. the co and he is helping you who is in charge. And I think that branding is very key and clear that they're leading into that here, right? Because everything they showed off, you know, they showed off um just yeah this ai thing that's going to be a part of windows you can have it summarize emails you can have it uh type up a blog post based on the contents of a few files every all the ai stuff we've been talking about with microsoft it's all here uh when we first talked about windows copilot a couple months ago it was just a text box but now there is voice support too so you will actually be able to like tell your your copilot to do things um this feels like the future of Windows, Lynn, more than like what will the UI look like or something. Like it is right, a combination right. of the Windows UI plus this like intelligent layer behind Windows that can just do stuff for you. Are you sold on Copilot? Will you be using a Copilot on your PC?
0: I – I don't know. I use PC and I, I still have yet to like organically reach for Copilot type features other than when I want to like generate pictures of cats driving NASCARs or something like, <laughs> and those are cute. Um, I will, I will say that you did mention, right? Like uh, you said Microsoft spent over 30 something minutes talking about Copilot, and then like, you know, this was ostensibly a surface or hardware event, but I remember looking at the clock and when use of Medi came out to talk about uh, devices, right? It was 1044. It was late. This event started yeah. at 10 and ended at 1101. So this was like 45 minutes into the show. And we're like, Oh, whoops. Th- this, uh, this is more of a, by devices- the way,
1: we have surface devices yeah. event.
0: It's like, here's where all the, the AI stuff fits in. And, and to be clear too, a two things happened right around, um, you know, before this keen or this event started that led us here. One, we found out that Pano's left Microsoft, um Panos Panay who was what formerly chief hardware officer
1: he was the chief um, product officer he was also chief the main, the main guy spearheading the surface devices and pretty much exactly. all of microsoft's devices like the consumer devices he was spearheading all of that alongside the guy who did connect and who was canceled recently yeah um oh, yeah Pan- panos was we, the guy when you think of like windows hardware uh, surface stuff we used to make fun of him for being too into it. Like sometimes when he talked about Surface devices, it was like he was about to cry, like like talking about his children accomplishing things, and it's just a device. Um, That energy reportedly is going to Amazon. Like he, he is reportedly going to be heading up Alexa and Amazon's devices next, which... Fantastic. ...may be good for him. It's very... I think good for him. ...telling of where Microsoft is right now. Because at the beginning of this week, I was also writing... A sort of like surface state of the union like where are the surface devices now um how's microsoft thinking about them and my overall conclusion was not good because it feels like microsoft has sort of abandoned its devices they keep making some mistakes um you go check out my piece it's called um yeah can microsoft get surface pcs out of their rut because they they keep having issues like we were excited about the surface duo the dual screen phones they screwed up the software. The experience wasn't great. I was excited about the Surface Laptop Studio, which came out um, two years ago at this point. Um, yeah, it's two years ago. But it launched with a quad-core chip that was, like, surprisingly slow for something that was supposed to be their sort of uh, – their high-end computer. Um, it, that was just super disappointing. So this year – okay, okay. So there are new devices. There's a Surface Laptop Studio 2, which is faster. Yes, there are. There's a Surface Laptop Go 3. Which is fine. But yeah, go
0: ahead. I was going to say when I said that there were two things that happened before the event started, one of them being Panos leaving. Second thing was yes, your article about how the Surface hype has evaporated, and I think either you or our producer Ben asked whether this event fixed that. And I think if anything, together with Panos leaving for Amazon, uh, which I think is a chicken or egg question, like did you know? is it telling of Microsoft's um, you know uh, mission with Surface that Panos is leaving, or is it Panos leaving for Amazon telling of a Amazon's mission and Therefore, causing Microsoft to kind of lose a leader. But anyway, back to like whether this event fixed that Surface hype, right? I think we're we're all kind of underwhelmed, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we cover Microsoft very closely. I'm not too surprised about them leaning more into AI stuff. You were at the big Bing AI uh, launch event, but I also feel like is this seems really rushed. It seems like Microsoft is putting a lot of eggs in the AI basket in the way that it felt like they were putting a lot of eggs in the Windows is going to be a tablet operating system basket when they launched Windows 8. Um, the AI stuff seems better. It seems like a little more functional, but I also don't know if normal people will give a crap about any of this stuff. Like, will you, when you're copying text and you get a little pop-up on your screen that says, would you like me to turn this into a document or would you like me to do something with this? I'm getting clippy vibes. I'm getting the vibes of an overeager assistant and not something that like an actual personal assistant that will actually be helpful so it's it's a gamble Microsoft is just taking a huge gamble here because AI is hot right now, it seems.
0: I mean, I, I almost, it's kind of interesting because I feel personally feel like Microsoft kicked off this sort of AI or generative AI race, right? When it did the Bing AI event earlier this year. And then Google was caught like in crosshairs being like, oh, crap is our turn. Bar, bar, bar. Quick launch. And, and now, now it's it failed. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're both kind of like volleying, right? Between each other. And then, you know, i think amazon also with its event this week when we can get into it later on but amazon also made a big deal about yeah generative ai our assistant the a word is gonna be all like smart and shit yeah um i'd again be very curious to see how panos fits into all of that um but yeah about the devices themselves right the surface laptop studio 2 the surface laptop go 3 I think the most intriguing thing to me, well, two things stand out. One is the Laptop Go 3's price and everything it offers for the price. It's like, what, $799? Yeah, which has been the launch price decent. for the last
1: few Laptop Goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, th- that's interesting. So let's let me, let's go over the devices, right? Laptop yes. Go 3, $799. Um, this, is, this is the laptop that is smaller than the Surface laptop. It has like a 12.4-inch screen. It's sort of like a baby Surface meant for schools and kids in education and stuff um it, it historically has been underpowered um the screen is not even 1080p it's like 1536 by 1024 or something so it's like bare bones spec except it looks like a cool surface device it has a good keyboard it has a good touchpad i tested this thing a bit it has a 12 gen intel core chip now and it feels nice it feels zippy it feels like a proper pc even though the screen is a little lower res than you'd expect. Um, but for for a kid, you know, for a school kid especially, like, right? yeah, this seems perfectly fine and doable and can do a lot with it. I even did some gaming with it. Um, they had paired an Xbox controller and I turned on uh, Xbox Cloud streaming for one of the most recent Need for Speed games. And this is a crowded event where there's, like, hundreds of devices or hundreds of, ten- of attendees also with their own yep. devices on this Wi-Fi. And this thing looked and played smoothly. Like it launched in 15 seconds. It was uh, crystal clear. I didn't. I couldn't tell. I was running a cloud streamed game, and it felt good. And that's something you could do on a relatively cheap computer. You know, this thing is really emblematic of Microsoft's whole like a lot of their design choices right now. And uh, I'm thinking it's pretty good. This is probably the best cheap TV, uh, cheap PC they've ever made so that's cool
0: i love the colors they had for this thing too right it was peach green blue and black i want to say i I, off no sorry gold was the last one and i was like whoa um i really like them i will say this is the laptop go 3 so it's a baby laptop and there was also like Quiet announcement of the Surface Go for for business. So the difference between the laptop Go and the Surface Go is that the Surface is a tablet, right? Yeah, the, the Surface Go, Go is like an building. actual yeah.
1: Surface. It is a baby Surface Pro or Baby plane They don't really make a plain surface anymore. It's just like Surface Pro or this, yeah.
0: Right, the Go, which is weird. And so this is the one with the kickstand built in and everything. I mean, it's they're all it seems like a generative, sort of iterative upgrade uh from the previous version uh we didn't really spend a lot of time learning about that but i am however very i actually was very happy to see that on the surface laptop studio 2 uh, microsoft is rolling out this thing it's calling the most inclusive trackpad ever but before i get into that i mean dev did anything else stand out about the laptop studio 2 to you
1: yeah so to be clear like the surface laptop studio 2 this is the most powerful surface they've ever made it has the latest chip that has an NVIDIA 4050 or 4060 GPU, um, it, it no longer is, uh, kind of held, uh, held back by a low class CPU too. Mm. um, so I, yeah, this is the vision of what we wanted and what was, why it's called a studio is that you can pull the screen towards you and put it in like an easel formation or lay it flat to be sort of like a big ass tablet, um. I always found that intriguing. It seems super powerful now. It seems cool. And I know Sam, uh, Mr. Sam Rutherford, has been using a Surface Laptop Studio for as his main for a long time. And he was really happy to see this update. So you go check out his hands-ons. But yeah, it also has a really cool touchpad, right?
0: Yeah. So the touchpad, again, uh, during its announcement, uh, Microsoft built this as the most inclusive trackpad. And it was like a moment where they brought out Solomon Romney, who I had met when I had gone to... Um, Microsoft's inclusive tech lab when I when that thing was launching. And, uh, you know, Solomon Romney is a Microsoft uh, Accessibility Program Manager who was born without fingers on his left hand. Um, and basically, when Solomon's using touchpads on the standard laptop, they don't usually read, uh, especially with the left hand, right? I think his, he can use like the standard, uh, you know, he can use his fingers on his right hand to like navigate on a trackpad, but the left hand can't be read easily. And I think it's because of the touch points, the way the trackpad reads touch points on on its surface. And so on the Surface Laptop Studio 2, which has has a precision haptic trackpad, you're able to enable this thing called adaptive touch. And what that does is it turns off the multi-touch gestures feature. So when you try to turn on adaptive touch, it throws up this alert like, hey, multi-touch, like pinch to zoom or whatever, won't be available on your touchpad. But what it does enable is you can just use a larger, you know, maybe a limb part, maybe say an elbow or like you know parts of your palm, to then move the cursor around. So, I mean, I can get into the nitty gritty of how this works. Basically, it's looking for multiple points of contact moving in the same general direction to move the cursor around. But what this means is that people with different, you know, limb uh, forms or just don't have fingers, for example, can use a trackpad. And it's just more inclusive. This Um, seems
1: like something that should have been around because we have touchpads that respond to, like, five-finger gestures and all sorts of things. Like, it's just something people never really thought about. You know, it's
0: it's a little bit of a reverse palm rejection feature too, the way I talked to Solomon uh, about it. And um, it, it needs, at least for Microsoft's implementation of this, it requires the haptic trackpad to work. It's using a little bit of feedback there, I think. Um, and so right now it's only going to be available on the laptop studio, too. But it does seem like something that, you know, the algorithm can be worked out to figure out how to bring this to other trackpads. And I just want to bring that up because, A, yes, it's nice to see you know, accessibility of minded features, inclusive design. But I also want to say like Microsoft has in the last few years consistently had a highlight of an accessibility product or feature or, or accessory. Um, and I think that's great. I think that speaks a lot to where the team's, you know, mind is at, where where they're always reminding people, hey, inclusive design is important. Yes, a little bit of this is marketing, but I think it's it also goes to show that the team, has members of the team who are who, you know who have disabilities and and that stuff and want to showcase or highlight or remind people just keep designing inclusively. Remind people that there are people who who need different um, things. So I th- I thought that was nice to That's see. A,
1: it's uh and also like put this in contrast to like Apple I think which yeah occasionally we see features. I think the double tap feature could be a potentially great thing for inclusive like inputs and stuff, but. We rarely see Apple like debut features like this specifically for people who are having trouble using technology right now. Instead, what we see from Apple is, um, hey, this is the the sleekest device you can ever find. It's going to cost more than other stuff. Like it is – this is a very different goal, I guess.
0: And we saw a whole like what, 10 to 20-minute skit on Mother Earth. Yeah. So also important. Also important, but like different focus. Not directly
1: related to like how humans are – Adapting and using their technology to or like people who
0: have things. needs, yeah, and and are somehow excluded from product because of exactly. the disabilities they might have. Um, I will say that Apple and Google both do things like magnifier, you know, uh, lookout, and those apps, and and you know, uh, screen readers, and I I can tell that Google particularly has been. At least at the last pixel launch event, you know, has talked about is accessibility features built into the camera, for example. So there's some little stuff like that. But I feel like Microsoft is better at making hardware features for a mainstream audience and for mainstream products.
1: I think that's key because typically, especially for people who have different needs and different accessibility needs, sometimes they have to rely on companies that make specialized hardware that costs a ton of money. Right and you never right, re- right. you rarely see like the big technology companies actually do this. So kudos to Microsoft. Like that stuff is cool. And it's very good to see in just like a laptop like this. That's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it from this Microsoft event. I'm looking forward to getting some hands-on time with these computers. I don't know, about Windows Copilot, you know? Like I do I have done the Windows reviews for us. I will be spending some time with this. This thing is also dropping next week. So you will get I to know, play geez. with Windows Copilot soon with a pretty big Windows 11 launch a big windows 11 update um you know
0: and also the the surface hardware that was announced uh today will all be available what for sale on october 3rd so that's pretty soon actually
1: That is pretty soon, but I can I, I can hear the wave of enthusiasm out there for this. And <laughs> it's not it's not very loud. Like people are not uh, people getting excited like they did for the MacBook Airs or something. Yeah, um, they can't I wait. still feel like Surface devices are in a rut, but at least I guess it is a good rut. It, it, they're like they can add new uh, chips and make things a little better, but I can also see like why Panos Mister Surface himself decide to be like, hey, I'm a little uh, I'm a little tired. I want to do something different and. I think his timing was also very surprising. It was like, we expected him to be at this event. Microsoft expected him to be at this event. And I almost wonder yeah. if Amazon was just like, hey, Panos, how much are you making? Cool. Let's yep. double that. That's what Let's I think. Let's triple that. Right. And also, we have no clue what we're doing with devices. Can you help? They
0: do not. Yeah. Oh, my. Amazon talk needs about the, the Amazon help.
1: Stuff soon. We will talk about the Amazon stuff soon because they are so boring when it comes to devices. Uh, one thing worth mentioning to you, kind of Microsoft-related, also this week – We saw a massive, massive uh, leak that happened Um, as part of the FTC versus Microsoft's court uh, court trial. um, Documents were uploaded, which included unredacted presentation slides showing off Microsoft's entire strategy for the next, like, several years. And I can just imagine the person in charge of doing these uploads is just done just so fire yeah. just like has been nuked from orbit by microsoft because they revealed that uh in um in 2024 microsoft to plans to, uh, plans to re- release a refreshed version of both the xbox series s and the xbox series x the xbox series x new one uh, code name brooklyn but spelled not spelled wrong spelled brook l-i-n um it's gonna be all digital doesn't have a disk port um doesn't have a disk slot or anything potentially two terabytes of storage. So it's going to be a better thing for downloading games. Um, The Xbox Series S um, light refresh, it seems. I didn't see too many details on that. Also interesting, uh, these are going to ship with a new Xbox controller codenamed Sybil, which uh, has haptics, better haptics, kind of like on the level of the PlayStation 5's DualSense controller. It's a two-tone design, um, better sticks, better responsiveness. You know... the. Last time in the last console cycle, Microsoft and Sony were like, oh crap, our systems are too slow. So they had to like refresh the hardware entirely a couple of years after they launched. Now they're not doing that because I think it's more like, oh crap, uh, we have not released many games for these systems and this hardware has been out for nearly four years. So yeah, it makes sense that they're not changing like the chips or the internals much. Um, this is more of like a usability upgrade, but hey, that's something. Also, as part of these documents, uh, there were emails showing that Microsoft Xbox head Phil Spencer was potentially interested in acquiring uh, Nintendo, which got a lot of headlines, um, to which I say, yes, I would also like to buy Nintendo. Everybody wants to buy Nintendo. None of this is surprising. Microsoft is one of the richest companies on the planet. Of course, they're thinking about this. Also, interesting that they so he sort of like um, said that, oh, yeah, we, we've had similar thoughts about Steam. Or, no, about Valve, the maker of Steam. And what's interesting is that both Valve and Nintendo are, like, deeply independent companies. They are so, like, philosophically independent. Like, these companies are never going to let go. They're they're never going to – they want to be independent. They want to do their own thing. Nintendo is such a strange company. Valve is such a strange company. Microsoft is such a buttoned-up standard corporate, you know, giant where – I could feel like uh, they just have to whine and die in these companies if uh, if this these deals are ever going to go through, but likely will never happen because Nintendo and Valve are both kind of rebels in their own ways when it comes to industry standards and the, what you expect from uh, from a company. They don't have shareholders who are like demanding you know rising revenue and rising profits and stuff. So yeah that was fascinating.
0: I want to say that if you, you know, don't want to dig through all these documents, uh our uh, senior reporter Jess Condit has yes. done it for you and done a really wonderful roundup titled All the Hilarious Corporate BS You Might Have Missed in the Xbox Leaks, uh and her deck is amazing. This entire collection of everything that went on. You know, one of her takeaways is that Phil seems chill, mm-hmm. which is nice, like um, but Steve. just everything yeah, everything in this leak, she's found the most hilarious things, and so you can go and find it on uh Engadget.com. But yeah, I mean, what what? what a security fail. I, I feel bad for like anyone, like you said, who was on this. But this is Jess has said, and I'm sure we all. I mean, y'all know this. I haven't been paying attention, but like, it's, this is the largest document leak in Xbox's history.
1: In Xbox, in I mean, X1. they they have been victims to hacks in the past, which I think revealed some information. But uh, yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. And uh, it was fascinating to see just the entire media industry and also like, uh, you know, fans, gamers who just like feasting on this because <laughs> this just never happened. So, yeah, uh, RIP to the person who made this mistake because uh, you don't exist anymore. You have been obliterated by Microsoft. Sorry. Also, also this week, we got a ton of news from Amazon. I don't know what is going on over there at Amazon when they decide to time these things. They also run um, their... Okay. Yeah.
0: I will say I think Amazon announced this date way before Microsoft did. So I would put probably the blame on Microsoft Yeah, they, they
1: probably did. But it's also more like Amazon just feels like it's trying so hard for them for their devices to matter as much as people yeah. care about like Apple stuff and Google stuff or even Microsoft stuff. So every one of these Amazon device events always feels a little try hard to me. Um they don't they don't have a public live stream usually. Usually it's like a private live stream. Yeah. That it's only going yep. out to or not in the stream get- at all. Yeah, or no stream. This year, they held it in Virginia, right? At, at a new Amazon uh, main headquarters. Is HQ? that the second headquarters? Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Billy Steel was on the ground there to cover all that. And they had a bunch of devices. But, man, I just cannot get excited about Amazon devices. I, the way I do about stuff coming from, like, bigger tech companies. So we saw things like the Echo Show 8, which has spatial audio similar to the Echo Studio. It has a proximity-based UI which is a cool idea, so it changes what the screen looks like depending on how close it's you not, are to it. Yeah?
0: It's not anything Google hasn't done, just so you know. The mass displays <laughs> will do that,
1: too. Well, that's what these so. events ultimately are. It's like, okay, um, right somebody, they're copying each other. Yeah, a smart display thing, and then Amazon's like, okay, cool, I'll do that, too. And then it goes My, the other way, too. Often Google copies. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean they copy each other right I think you you'll see Google copying Amazon on its like security camera stuff because I think that Amazon has led the way there and I think uh, Alexa's uh, I'm sorry uh, Amazon's Echo show mode uh-huh. is something that like maybe Google has borrowed or cribbed from, but on this thing with the proximity sensor, I can't, I don't actually remember who did it first to be clear, but I know that Google has been working on like solely or radar based presence and gland sensing. It basically wants to know when you're paying attention. Um, and that was announced like last year or something like that. So I, yes, you're right. They both kind of copy each other. They all do. But one thing I can say really quick, since we're talking about all the events that happened this week, um, all of the companies this year, maybe barring Apple, have spent like the start of their keynote talking about AI and generative yeah, AI yeah. and large language models. And Amazon was no different. I think that's what we spent the bulk of the start of the keynote talking about, which is the assistant, uh, Amazon assistant. I'm trying to avoid saying the yeah, yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. Sure, um, sure, sure. The Amazon assistant is becoming a lot what smarter, more conversational. I just want to say none of it surprised me.
1: Yeah, none of it surprised. You, I'm sure, I, I don't think it surprised anybody who listened to this show. Because as soon as this generative AI stuff started happening, Shirley, and we were all thinking, like, oh, man, yeah, this will totally make Siri and everything a little smarter. Like, if it's implemented correctly, because for, we've basically had dumb assistants that could not hold conversations for a while. And now you have the tech that could make their conversations more natural, more engaging, actually responsive and intelligent. So, yeah, sure, not not a surprise. Um the- yeah. The
0: other theme, and I'm not sure if you were able to tune into the keynote this time, Divendra for app, Amazon. Yeah. So, but the funny thing about Amazon's demo, and by the way, funny that both Microsoft and Amazon kept their live streams away from the public, like they were not public, <laughs> right? But anyway, <laughs> the, the thing that media saw was that Amazon was demoing the new elect assistant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna call her, call her like Rebecca from now on. Electra. Okay, the new Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah, Electra, Rebecca, whoever, Rebecca, okay? The new Rebecca is supposed to be, like, so much more, you know, you can follow up without using wake words anymore. You can say, I'm like, I've heard this before. You've shown me this before, Amazon. Show me something new. So the new thing is how, like, uh, Rebecca is going to be more, like, emotive in future. And then me and the rest of the team were all like, we don't need our assistant to sound happy, sad, or angry. We just <laughs> want it. To work and know what yeah. we're saying. Be accurate. We don't need you to follow up. And also, uh-huh. the whole Rebecca like thing where it's like talking back and forth and it knows your favorite sports team and it'll turn all these lights for you. It's all based on this conversation mode. You have to start conversation mode. Then you can have this conversation back and forth with Rebecca. And it's just not my favorite i'm just like look it still feels clunky everything still feels tilted am my but my favorite is when like amazon reps during the keynote were like let us demo how natural this conversation is rebecca show me my favorite sports team i'm using ai d- <laughs> uh-huh. i don't remember it still was the most awkward conversation i've ever heard in my life because you're still talking to a cylinder. You're still just sitting there, kind of waiting for a response. I mean, they did show videos of other people talking to the cylinder, going like, "Yo, yo, yo, no, 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 not that." Like, you know, interrupting the the, the speaker in mid, you know, uh, response, and that's maybe a bit more natural. But it's still not what Amazon was pitching it to be. And I think that that's where I got a little frustrated with the event. And I was like, "Look, you're you're up your own butts. You're you're like trying to make yourself sound. You're exaggerating your actual achievements. You're not." I just it culminated with um Amazon showing us this video of this couple that's like going back to their fancy they're they're like clear like uh-huh. millennial billionaires living in this beautiful lodge and they walk through the home going. Rebecca, uh, turn on my pl- playlist for the sports game coming up in the kitchen. And then the partner, the, the other partner goes, Rebecca, turn on my playlist, the rest of the home. And then they walk into this like gigantic like mansion <laughs> with like beautiful furniture everywhere. And I'm like, I thought Amazon products were cheap. And I thought like, I don't it was just annoying. It was cringe. They are it was so
1: crimson. bad. I think they're really bad at messaging, right? Like, we we sometimes make fun of Microsoft and Apple and even in Google as well for being cringe and for for being you know bad. Like, they have the environmental video with Octavia Spencer. Um, yeah. Hey, at least that was funny. At least it was, like, vaguely entertaining. Whereas, like, I think... Amazon has no pull. Amazon has no like coolness about it. So, like, their events. No cred. Yeah. No cred, really. So, their events are always like, hey, uh, we just stumbled into this uh, executive's office and they're not a very charismatic person, but now they're going to lead this live stream (laughs) of all these things. And uh, it's just not exciting. And also, Amazon loves to develop all sorts of things. And like, did that surveillance drone ever launch? They just like throw so many ideas at the wall. Where we make fun of it, we may talk about it, but it's not always not always legit. Uh, there are some cool things. Um, I know you were interested in the iGaze tech, Shirlin, that's coming to the FireMax 11 tablet. So that's a cool accessibility feature.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh having more methods of interacting with devices is better. And I, I again, haven't checked this out in person for myself, but basically it uses the cameras on the Fire Max 11, just this device for now. Uh, And it will help allow people who don't have or don't want to use the voice commands and also can't interact with the screen have another viable option of um, using their eyes or, or gaze to interact with the system. Basically, it's preset actions for now. I think you'd have to, like, you know, look at items on the screen and, you know, to, to determine what you want to do. You can do smart home controls. You can call loved ones and and more. So intriguing. Still don't know the full details yet.
1: Intriguing, certainly. Um, what else? We, we got a bunch of devices. There's the Echo Hub, which is a $180 smart home panel for your wall, yeah. which I think is a, for a very specific type of person. So I have it's friends. It's
0: very specific.
1: I have friends who are trying to smart home all the things, right? And they have the time and energy to spend uh, configuring all the different devices in their home. So for them, sure, yeah, this makes sense. Just having a big screen in your wall. For me, it's like I finagle things on my phone, you know, or occasionally Alexa controls some things. But I don't need another big freaking display. Um, I know you're doing some smart home stuff, Sherlyn. If you had, you know, a multi-floor apartment, a duplex apartment or a home or a bigger space, would you want something like this?
0: I don't like having to, like, the whole reason I have smart speakers everywhere is Mm because I don't want to go to one spot to have to touch things. Yeah, And that's the main reason the Pixel tablet sits in my bedroom not touched is collecting dust because (laughs) I don't go over to the dashboard and do things. But I also know that there are people who do. I know I have friends who are, like, you know, parents and have, like, various kids (laughs) number of kids i don't know <laughs> so they have this little board up with like you know, yes. the schedules and yes. calendars but they also go over there to do little controls things so sure i can see it being useful it's just not for me i'm prefer i'm the type of person that like can't stand touching screens so like tr- gestures or mm-hmm. voice commands is and
1: my also thing. wasn't the whole point to just do the stuff from our phones <laughs> you know so i don't have to get up and go to a thing where i can just shout it at the amazon assistant or something like i i, I at certain points um, especially even when I was in an apartment in New York, like I could, I could talk to the Amazon assistant and Hey, put on my TV. Hey, uh, manage these lights. Like it was really useful for all those things. I still do that now that I'm in a house in Georgia, but it's like, it's still all voice commands. Like I don't need a, a stand up wall thing for this. So that's yeah. just
0: me. You know, I think it's funny. Uh, I I am now realize I, I don't think it's funny. I think uh, for those people who are who felt like they missed out because you, you know you didn't get to watch this presentation, I am now realizing that they did post the video of their <laughs> entire keynote on the Amazon News YouTube channel. It's also on aboutamazon.com. dot uh, Go watch it because if you want to see exactly how cringe. So Hopefully cringe. they didn't edit it. Yeah, it was very, criti- but it was quite hilarious. You want to see corporate uh, giants creep F themselves? <laughs> <Just> completely <laughs> fail.
1: I mean, failing at things like hey, there's a new pair of Alexa frames. You know, the the sunglasses with the with the headphones and uh, better battery life, better audio. But does any? I've never seen those out in the wild. I don't know if those. I, actually I
0: tested good. the first generation. Mm-hmm. They're fine. You know, they're not but bad. I never seen normal
1: humans using those. Things. No, 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 no.
0: The good thing about them, though, is like they get they give you good like Rebecca control. So I actually like the you can have Rebecca on your face. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Anyway, you can have it on you wherever you go. You don't have to like be uh-huh. next to a speaker within hearing range. You can just be like, "Oh, Rebecca, what time is it? <laughs> Rebecca, turn on my light." You know that sort of thing.
1: Oh man, I, I feel sorry because Amazon has ruined that a name forever for you yep. just cannot name your kids that anymore because because Amazon decided to do this. Yeah.
0: I mean pop culture has ruined the Karen as a name so I don't know. That's true it's but
1: that's well deserved.
0: Sad. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: There's also a $120 <laughs> Fire TV soundbar which is pretty cheap for a soundbar. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And it's also bluetooth, supports bluetooth. Right? Yeah. So soundbar is you know typically it's Vizio making like $100 to $200 soundbars it sounds okay. Um this is cool the school that you know amazon could produce something like that they the thing about amazon that we've sometimes talked about too is amazon did you know amazon is a store that sells many many things and because (laughs) they have all that data of what people buy and what price levels they're buying things they can just go in and like reverse engineer things and go to the same suppliers that vizio and other people do and be like hey make us one of those you know make it put put a fire tv logo on it make it a little different and we will sell it a little bit cheaper And then Amazon just gets to rake in that profit where people will go to them instead. So this seems like another example of that. Um, Not too exciting, but not too surprising either. I also know, Sherlyn, um, there were things happening in Google Land, too. Like, I yep. cannot believe there's another event happening this week.
0: Yeah, and, and the best thing is uh, this is a made-on-YouTube event. So it's a short, small little YouTube event, uh, but around uh, the same time as Microsoft's event today, too. So obviously, me, DeVindra and Sam couldn't attend or cover it, but we did see the news that came out of it, namely that uh, Google, or YouTube anyways, releasing a new app called YouTube Create. It's just a new editing and production app. for people who you know create content on their phone and also this thing called dream screen dream screen not green screen but dream screen is basically green screen except for you can fill the background with ai generated image or videos for youtube shorts Very intriguing. Would love to see how this works. Um, and I think it's just obviously YouTube making a play for TikTok with shorts, but continuing to try to come up with better um, applications and tools for it. Don't know how popular it'll be, Have you, but I do think that using mm-hmm. AI, the generative AI is a theme this week or year. And so, so are, the
1: theme is we are all out of ideas. Uh, AI, what do you got? Or just like put AI, AI yeah, on everything. the name of it. Yeah. And on all the things. Have you um, been watching any YouTube shorts for Lynn? Like, comparing own, TikToks yeah. to these days. And, <laughs> hey, YouTube shorts are getting better. And also, Instagram, yeah. what, what do we call those now? Instagram Reels, Live, Reels. Instagram Reliefs. Reels, Reels are Reels. getting better. And TikTok, like, I think, like, I still spend time with my daughter almost every night, like, just scrolling through some of her favorite channels. But it is funny to see, like, everybody else getting better. And TikTok's yeah. recommendations yeah. maybe getting a little worse, too. So, hmm.
0: Yeah, I will say, I mean, I'm looking at an example of the dream screen feature now on YouTube, uh, on the YouTube website, and um, it's giving an example of create a background of a panda drinking coffee. And it is like this panda just drinking coffee out of a cup in the, and it's a little wonky because the tongue is coming Mm -hmm. out of the cup now (laughs) of the panda, but... It's still it's still available. You can do that, but I I, I have to wonder how this is going to affect people on on YouTube Shorts. Sure, like, what are you going to use this for? You're just going to make fake content. Now, what's the point? So, a bit more a bit more thinking to do here. I think it's been such a day that I haven't really had time to just sit with these well, features. But
1: there is one I, thing I want to talk to you about, Julian, because uh, I think Google decided to get a little bit sassy today.
0: <laughs> with everything that's going on with Apple and Google <laughs> recently, I will say the RCS conversation is not done it's not over it's not you know
1: rcs is the next generation messaging tech that android supports and google do, uh, and apple does not yeah
0: yes and and there's a lot to dig into there uh i and and you know now not the time for it this week's not the time for it but this week apparently was the time for google to update its rcs campaign uh by launching a video where it's basically uh, it's calling apple out for being stuck in the past and it's saying meet the ipager apple might as well be using a pager because it's you know still falling back to sms <laughs> when you're not blue bubbling um so this is a fun video you can go check it out on uh google's campaign page or on youtube it's called it's the just, ipager
1: it's, it's a pager
0: yep yeah
1: is, it, is this um, just, just a it rendered up. fun video trailer or are they actually going to make something you think?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I think it's just render. I don't think they'll make a pager. I think it's funny. I think it's fun that, like, um, if they ever did make an actual device.
1: I'm going to read the description here because I think it's fun. Um, iPager is a device that uses outdated messaging tech like Apple uses when texting with Android. It comes with all the features you already know. A lack of encryption, broken group chats, pixelated pics and videos. It's quite funny. And the infamous green bubble.
0: Yep. This is true. It's quite funny.
1: This is true. I don't think you can really neg Apple into supporting this Google. I don't think this is really helping anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so the website, if you want, is like uh, android.com slash get-the-message. You can see uh, the iPager on there as well. Uh, yeah, with all the details. And then they want you to add Apple so that, you know, Apple gets on RCS, I guess. Um, we'll see.
1: We'll see. We You need to spend some time on that. I think that is a worthwhile conversation because RCS is one of those things that could enable like iMessage-like features on Android, and it does, except it's not cross-compatible with iOS because Apple is being a fuddy-duddy, and they don't want to open up iMessage to support RCS. So it's a whole conversation. We should definitely have it. I think that is one of the uncool things Apple is doing, um, it's a real shame. So, Sherlyn, we are – it's Thursday. We have survived – this I know. week. You have survived doing two reviews back to back, plus uh leading coverage for a bunch of these events. Any major takeaways from this week or what you're looking forward to next?
0: I mean, can I talk about what my schedule was this week?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, I want to hear.
0: It was working over the weekend to get the iPhone 15 Pro review up, right? Then it was that day scrambling to get the iPhone the Apple Watch Series 9 review up the next day, right? And then still writing blurbs to update our smartphone buyers guy and watch guys. And editing multiple reviews that came in and then prepping Amazon and then prepping Microsoft and then going to Microsoft. Oh, and then watching Microsoft and Amazon. So I think and then doing this podcast and then <laughs> uh, some more editing. I just I'm a little. Oh, and, and, and shooting the videos. Yeah, or shooting both. the videos. And it's Thursday? You're telling me it's only Thursday? Is Thursday. it not 2024? Like, what's going on? Sure,
1: I need some time um, off. Uh, listen, oh, listeners. Oh, yeah. y'all don't
0: even know. Y'all don't even know what happened on Monday because I can't talk about it right now. Oh, okay. You'll okay. find out. But Monday we had meetings and briefings. Let's just put it that way. A big team, uh, And okay. I had to go on my own. 'Cause our teammates fall sick sometimes and a cover for them, so I had to do more work for other people sometimes. And that is
1: that that is life. Unfortunately, listeners, you know what you can do? You can send an email to podcastinggatch.com, give Sherlyn some things to help her relax, calm down, <laughs> some things to watch. Words, nice know.
0: words would be nice. Yeah, nice yeah. Words, or, or good cute,
1: feedback, cute good things. comments to counteract the bad comments. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, this is the busy times. Like we we kind of gear up for iPhone season. The review season is done. More things are happening. I mean, we'll still get the plain iPhone fifteen review up. We're probably gonna have some follow-up coverage. There are software releases coming, right? iOS. I have a watch OS. OS.
0: Ten, yeah, we had the iOS seventeen. I'm helping Matt Smith test iOS seventeen as well. So there's that. We're shooting that video next week. That's coming for next on the Watch week. 10 review. Yeah, apparently now um, there's a
1: new Windows eleven update coming, so I'm going oh to God, up to hope, cover that. Exactly. We
0: uh, the Watch Ultra two reviews coming too. Uh, we're working on
1: that. We're gearing well. up uh, Meta's Connect. Uh, the yes. Oculus formerly Oculus Connect, but that event is going to happen at the end of September. We're likely going to hear more about the Quest three there, and probably get that device too. So it's a crazy time, folks. It's a busy time. Uh, pour one out for your bloggers over here. Um, yeah, Shirlin. Anything you want to? Anything else you want to shout out as we wrap up today?
0: no just just bear with us if we you know sometimes get things wrong or if we're not responsive or we can't attend all the events you invite us to this is just a really hard time of year for anyone in this industry on either side of the pr media machine
1: it's gonna it's, be- uh yeah yeah please please uh some grace would be nice i did get some mean comments about some typos in a review i was like Ugh. that review had 1500 words that was one <laughs> that was one number that was off just give me My give God. me a break
0: our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Davindra online at...
1: At Divindra on Twitter, where I'm not doing any self promotion. I'm also at Davindra on Mastodon and Blue Sky.
0: You can still, I guess... X me uh, on X. I'm at Sherlyn Lowe, but I won't see them. Maybe I will, uh-huh. I'll check in once every two weeks. Um, I'm more active on Instagram at C-H-E-R-L-Y-N-N-S-T-A-G-R-A-M. And that's also my handle on
1: threads. Yeah, I'm saying, I thought you were a big threads girl.
0: Yeah, that's also my handle on threads. Uh, and I'm way chattier over there. Email us your thoughts at podcast at Leave us a review please on iTunes so people can find us and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts. Lenticular rats.
1: Lenticular rats that you can just rub and they feel weird.